On November 19, 1963, nine days before Thanksgiving, President Kennedy received a turkey from the Poultry and Egg Board. He always looked forward to New England Thanksgivings. That same day, in the concluding event for the three-day centennial celebration of the Gettysburg Address, former U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower addressed the crowd at the rededication for the Gettysburg National Cemetery. He told the audience, My friends, Lincoln reminded his hearers that they had no power to dedicate this ground, so we today have no power to rededicate it. But with the playing of taps, the soldiers farewell, we can share the grief of every family who has heard that a son or father or sweetheart has fallen. If we can do this, we will begin to do our part to solve the unfinished business of which Lincoln spoke. That evening, Gene Shepard signed on, talking family folk stories and poking fun at WOR. Friendly old WOR, let me tell you here about this station. This is a very sensitive station. In fact, the people around here are so sensitive that there are some acts on this station, in fact, many acts on this station, that have not talked to each other for as long as ten years running. Oh, yes, they're that sensitive. Well, now, if, you're, if you want to know what acts on this station are not talking to which ones, I would be glad to send it to you, plain sealed wrapper, if you would care to write to me in charge of inside cover-up rotten story. Care of WOR, AM and FM, New York. And speaking of inside cover-up stories, there it comes. Oh, wouldn't you really rather have a Buick? 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 Wouldn't you really rather have a Buick? Than any other kind of car. You may not be an animal lover until you see the new 1964 Buick Wild. It is the wild. The new Buick Crocodile. Transmission. Three speed synchromesh. Four speed stick shift. On a new Buick Super Turbine 400 automatic. It all adds up to the wildest thing on wheels. The Buick Chipmunk. Wildcat for 64. Above all, it's a Buick. So wouldn't you really rather have a Buick? A Buick? A Buick? Oh, wouldn't you really rather drive a Buick? This year. This year. Gee, that was an exciting commercial. It really was. Now, we have here, uh, how do you like being a mankind? As opposed to, say, squirrel kind or turtle kind. Really, is that, don't you figure that you've kind of made it? Think of all the things you could have been. A toad. Well, you know, some people I know are toads, but <laughs> I mean a real toad, a rotten little old warty toad flubbing around down there in the bushes. You know what toads do when you pick them up. Oh, you don't know about toads, do you? Well, it's the same thing that little puppies do occasionally when you pick them up wrong and babies that aren't housebroken. 
Only toads do it more creatively. All together, Walt, once more. Let's sing. Let's sing now. Number 17 in the book. Number 17. He always sings. <laughs> Raggedy music to the cattle as he swings. Back and forward in the saddle on the horse. Pretty good horse. Syncopated gated. And there's such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater. How they run. Oh, when they hear that fellow's gun. Because Western folks all know. He's the son of a gun. A rootin' tootin' suitin' duck. But I'm about a the zone. The rag time. Rag time. Rag time. Rag time. Rag time. Cowboy. Boy Joe, pow 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 pow, quack quack, rock the rock the rock the rock the tick, rock the tick tick, rooty dooty dooty, rooty dooty dooty, pow pow pow, wow wow, pow pow. All right, that's enough of that. You've got to ration your talent. You just can't give it to them all at once. You don't shoot your whole business in the first act. I'll tell you. <laughs> We're doing this one especially this uh, this piece of dynamic trivia here in the beginning for. All the deep thinkers in the Philosophical Club at Monmouth College. Philosophers have been head-thumping forever and ever and ever and ever. And some of them have B-flat heads. Others have the heavy bass, sonorous, timpani head. But like all heads, they is hollow just like the rest of us. Let's go, Walt. Okay. Oh, you don't know that one time I had a considerable reputation among a large group of fans in the fourth grade for my uncanny ability to reproduce Clyde McCoy's trumpet. Yes, with my lips. I could blow it on my... And I used to do a thing on, on Sugar Blues that was that, that, that brought them down at the PTA every time I ever used it. You remember that, Walt, don't you? Sugar Blues, Clyde McCoy, that trumpet. Is there anybody else out there who has, who has had like folk talent? <laughs> oh, sure. I know a guy that can imitate Jackie Gleason, imitating Sid Caesar. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I, I have all kinds of friends. Always, as far as I can think back, there was always a friend or two who had a magnificent folk talent. And I remember one uncle, for example, who could tear the Chicago Municipal Phone Directory in half. And they would build the entire party around him. Sure they would. Somebody would be, in, you know, somebody like somebody brings the beer. Somebody else brings the pretzel and the cheese. Well, somebody would be asked to bring the phone book. For this uncle, <laughs> it's a true. It was Uncle Charles, and and there would be a moment, you know, right after the fourth or fifth beer had been served, and they've had the cheese, and they played a couple of hands of pinochle, and they've danced some dances, and there's been one fist fight, you know, that kind of thing. And somebody would say, "All right, now, everybody, quiet now, everybody, all right, all of you, sit down now, everybody, sit down, sit down now, everybody." And my old man would do his famous imitation of a trumpet voluntary. And then someone would say, okay, now, all set now? Are you ready in there, Charles? You're all set in there, Charles. He would be in the bedroom, say, putting on his leopard skin thing that he always wore. Yeah, he wore this thing. He had a, lep a phony leopard skin, that, you know, like Tarzan wears. That's the truth. 
I'm, not, I'm telling you the absolute truth. And he would come out wearing galoshes. That was always considered a big thing to wear galoshes with a leopard skin thing. You know, the Tarzan would wear. They'd holler, all right, you all sit in there, Charles. And then my old man would go to Phil again. And then the crowd say, all right, let's go. Come on, Charles. And they got the beer. They want to get back to the pinochle. And then you would hear a rattle and a rustle and the bang, boom, and out he would come out of the door. And he's got, in one hand, he's got a great big Chicago phone book. And in the other hand, a thing full of beer. He'd hold the beer up and he would go, Tarzan's fantastic scream to his mate. Or the raging, roaring, mating cry of a bull gorilla in the deeps of the Orinoco jungle. And then he would put the beer down and he would put the Chicago phone book down and he would beat his chest. And of course, my old man is going. Well, then it would be about. Yeah, I'm just describing to you simple folk rights that go on at simple folk parties. Well, then Uncle Charles would mess his hair all up. It would stick up. He had patent leather hair, you know. And when it was when it was all mixed up, it stuck up like a lot of phonograph needles all over. I want to tell you, they had a drop forge, a really big drop forge in Inland Steel, and when I would approach... Have you ever seen a Bessemer converter? Let me tell you something about a Bessemer converter, baby. And you can see why men stand in awe of it, and in the same way, they stand in awe of a woman, because a woman does this thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, anytime. Wait, 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 when do we do off? All right, fine, I'll give you the cue. You see, women, women have this problem of not really standing next to Bessemer converters often. They don't know the fear that a man feels for this vast machinery that he's created. No wonder he gives it magical qualities, mystical qualities. I remember there was, and, and it's, it's going to sound ridiculous, but there was a Bessemer converter at Youngstown Sheet and Tube, and I was just a kid. I was 16. I was running around in the summertime working as a mail deliverer. And I'd run around the mail all day long. It was right on the shores of Lake Michigan, and one of the most terrible moments every day was when I had to go near, right next to it, run up a long iron catwalk up to a little tiny scales office up the top next to this fantastic, unbelievable, gigantic, fire-breathing monster known as a Bessemer converter. Now, a Bessemer converter is just that. It converts basic materials into steel. And it's a huge cauldron, a fantastic thing. And now, this is not the thing that you see the pictures of all the time, you know, the big ladle in the open hearth. Oh, no. This is like an enormous tank that's stories high, and it goes... It shoots sparks 20 stories in the air. It goes all day long, and then it tilts by itself. And these guys are living next to it, and they kept calling it Clara. They kept calling it Clara. Clara. Good old Clara. Until one day, Clara blew up. Killed 17 men in, uh, at least, at the most, really, 10 seconds. Clara finally gave it to every last one of them. They knew she would one day. Just the way every man suspects one day his chick will. The next day at the U.N. General Assembly, the Declaration on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination was adopted. 
while the deathbed wish of author Aldous Huxley was honored by his wife, Laura. She injected him with 200 micrograms of LSD. Huxley would die two days later. You ever get the feeling that you've got an itch? Oh boy, what an itch. You've got an itch somewhere that's that's almost impossible even to describe to yourself, but it, it, it just itches, you know. What, what is this? I, I suspect that the true sign of old age is when that itch disappears. Of course, that itch is connected with a lot of things. Have you ever had the feeling, too, at the same time that you're going just a little bit, ever so slightly mad? Because people keep telling you about funny movies, and you go there and you don't get one laugh and about 17 reels of stuff that comes out, you know. <laughs> well, I, you wonder, who, what, what is it? What is it? What's the matter with me? What, what, what's the matter? Uh, is my sense of humor gone? Am I somehow not getting it? Like, uh, there was a movie here a couple of months ago that appeared on the scene that, that all the magazines, boy, they wrote about what a great, fantastic, funny movie it was, and i got to go see it. And, you know, I, you know, so I, I decided that the, the time was now right for me to go see this great, fantastic movie. It's one of these Italian things, you know, and uh, it was hailed as one of the great comedies of all times. I got one small chuckle. And the chuckle came, actually, is when the lady in front of me, a fat lady, started to sneeze fantastically. And as she did so, she belted her husband once, reaching for a Kleenex, and knocked him into the aisle. It's a very funny thing. I wasn't laughing at her sneeze. I was laughing at him, trying to make it back to the... You know, the, that's another story. But the, <laughs> and I kept saying, what is it? Am I mad? What's the matter with me? The New Yorker likes it. They love it. The Village Voice loves it. Everybody loves it. And here I'm sitting... I could hear a few. Now, like tonight, I saw the screening of a movie, which is kind of already like a legend among movie people, you know. I took time out, I go up there, and it's as though there's a secret thing going on. I don't know what it is. The minute uh, certain actors and certain people would say a line, you'd hear this insane giggling in the crowd. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm waiting for it to happen to me. And I think, now, will somebody please, somebody please out there, just one person, one person say, Shepard, please, Shepard, one thing about you, even though you're a rotten, twisted skunk, one thing about you, you've got a minimal sense of humor. Well, why don't you say that, please, to me? Please, just one, will you say it to me, Don, will you? You've known me for a long time. Just say it to me. You don't have to mean it, for God's sakes. Just say it. Please. I'm getting nothing. Nothing. Just a cigar puffing in there. What? <laughs> That's not enough. I mean, it's not enough. You're just saying it on a loyalty to this crummy company. I can tell you that because you know you got to get the show on here. There must be somebody. I mean, well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a funny scene. I, another time, of course, you wonder, you wonder sometimes where, of course, humor is a, is a sneaky thing. Like the other day, I'm watching television, see, and again, I, I have a feeling that the little things that creep in between the big shows, you know, like they'll have a big show like the historical perspective of the sweep of history concerning the Western civilization and its downfall. And we have very important guests. David Susskind will interview Sidney Poitier, a deep thinker. He will interview James Baldwin, a deep thinker. He will interview Zero Mostel and Zsa Gabor on the forthcoming fall of Western man. 
You know, and I'm sitting there, and all the big stuff is going on, and I'm, I'm waiting for him to come out with the answer, and it's going on and on. Then all of a sudden, after all the programs are gone, they put on one of these lousy little late-night commercials, you know, that come on for toys that they have for Christmas, and the truth suddenly is belted out like somebody hit it with a great big fat Louisville slugger and caught the whole of it on the fat end, you know, and it got sailing out of the TV set. There is a commercial... Have you seen the one about the kid sitting there? She's a girl, you know, the little kid. And it, she's got this doll. See, and then the doll, I don't know what the doll's called. Like, there's something like Myrtle Nurse or something. There's a doll sitting there saying the girl is looking at the doll. She is the mother, the kid is, you see. Obviously, she's playing mother. Well, then all of a sudden, the doll goes, Hoo-choo! The doll sneezes. Well, now you know uh, what would be your reaction. Well, not this kid. This kid begins to grin. The doll has just sneezed. Well, there is a slight pause. You know, the kid looks all thrilled about it. You know, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, the doll has sneezed, see. Then suddenly, the doll bends over. Don, the doll doubles up in pain. And the doll says in a doll voice, a tortured doll voice, Oh, my tummy hurts. Well, with that, the kid goes ape. This little kid just goes out of her skull. She is so pleased with it. You can just see that twisted, rotten little grin. She's smiling ghoulishly. The doll is twisted over and is saying, My tummy hurts! My tummy hurts! My tummy hurts! And the little kid is having the time of her life. The doll is writhing on the floor in what looks like total, total pain. My tummy of course you know that you can buy for your kid now you can you can buy a little a little phony splint you know that he can put on his arm pretend like he's busted an arm or he's busted his neck and he can wear it down there and it's a laugh a minute <laughs> oh, it brings bops every three seconds cut it out there oh yeah well of course anything's possible believe me uh, anything's possible in a time and in a place where a big popular song. Have you heard that great popular song that they're singing now? The, uh, you know, the, on all the uh, teenage DJ shows. There's a big popular hit called um, God Bless America, the home of the boy I love. <laughs> God, God help us if that guy cuts out on that chick. You got another anti-American kid. <laughs> you know, it's a funny business, though. Um, well, of course, with Christmas coming on, as it is, the truth is in the air. It seriously is. It's on all sides. And I think now, as part of WOR's vast, hold it there, I'll give you the cue, WOR's vast public service policy, we bring you once again our bi-weekly 
suggestion for those little things that you'd like to fill in the little niches and the crannies and the cracks with underneath your Christmas tree forthcoming. Good evening, good evening, everyone of you. It's old Chucky here, Mr. Chucky back again, with his gift suggestions. And we've had a wonderfully delightful, exciting week. And I'd like to tell you one of the funny things that Dinky said to me last night. We were down at one of our favorite taverns enjoying a little beer when Dinky said to me, Chucky, I've got a real surprise for you this Christmas. I said, well, Dinky, please don't tell me now because I can hardly wait. I love surprises. And so now we've got a wonderful little Christmas gift suggestion for you. And as you know, we've been having a very exciting week down at the shop, Mr. Chucky's Atelier and Fashion Shoppy. And we've got a lot of things that we'd like to talk to you about tonight. And now let's get underway with our gift suggestions brought to you as a special, a very, very special public service of Mr. Chucky's. And now, first of all, these are the little things that have been suggested from time and time and time again in the wonderful, upcoming, very exciting holiday. I'll tell you, I get so excited when a holiday comes up. I get so excited. It's like some of those afternoons. I remember last year out at the beach in Fire Island, there were a gang of us just sitting around, and we were talking about the most exciting things that happened to us. Well, I'll just tell you, when my time came up, I said, Fellows, there's nothing that excites me more than a real big holiday. Well, there are certain other things, but actually, a holiday is very exciting. Well, now let's get on with our gift suggestion. Here is a wonderful little idea, an electric live-action bartender reeling from side to side. He shakes the chrome and plastic cocktail mixer, listens professionally to the crystal cubes, fills the glass, gulps it down, then his face changes to flaming red and billows of smoke just stream from his little ears. Natural color returns, and he starts his next martini, the next, the next, the next, and the next, and it's all transistorized. A barrel of fun. Now, for those of you who like your fun in a lot of different ways, here's one that I think you'll enjoy.